Hello, everybody. You know what time it is. It's Psyche Experience Time! Hi, everybody. It's been a whole week, I think, since our last episode. I think so, yeah. Yeah, well, hi, Dan. How are you doing? Good. And you sound different. What's up with that? Oh, yeah, that's a great uh, observation, (laughs) Dan. So we actually got new microphones. Uh, They're dynamic microphones (gasps) versus what we were using, which were condenser mics. Which were like uh, cans with a string with fishing line sticking at the end. That's what we were using before. Perfect description, Dan. I wouldn't have been able to describe it better myself. Um, So we're kind of switching up our studio a little bit. So if we sound different or we kind of fade in, fade out, just bear with us. We're getting used to our new equipment. And on top of that, Mm -hmm. so this is, I think, Studio Mm 2.0. Mm -hmm. couple more episodes not too it won't be too much longer we're going to be in studio 3.0 our new new studio (laughs) yeah even though the studio is still new like yeah we're we're upgrading we're moving quick yeah i mean between uh, how long have we been doing this like six months seven months of podcasting uh total yeah Uh, yeah i'd say yeah six months sounds fair yeah since like august i think um yeah we're going on to studio three which is Pretty intense. Oh, it's a lot of moving. What was we named this studio in one episode a while back? And do you remember what it was? I don't remember. I don't remember either. It was Not probably something back. silly and ridiculous. Yeah, but anyways, so just wanted to shout out that we are kind of switching it up. Going to yeah. be in our new studio. I think literally next week or the week after that. Yeah. So like. We pre-record episodes often, mm-hmm. um, and then we put them out. So it's hard to say exactly when we'll be. We'll let you know when we're in the new studio, but it's coming. Yeah. But for this episode, yes, we probably do sound a little bit different. New hardware, new mics, and that's mics, that's pretty yeah. exciting. Hopefully, yeah, it's better. You guys, let us know if it's better or worse. Yeah, we can always switch back to the old mics if this isn't better. Um, we'll use both. Definitely, let us know. But anyways, Dan. Yes. Um, what are we going to be talking about today? So. So today on the day of the recording, what's today? The 26th? Yeah. Is that what that says? All right. So today is the February 26th, 22. And we had a, we have a whole list. How we do things is we, we have a list of really interesting topics that's interesting to us that's in the realm of psychology. Mm-hmm. With that being said, uh, and like just the news blowing up about the conflict in Ukraine, to me, it felt it would feel weird to talk about something else that isn't that. Mm-hmm. Or just talk about like a silly topic when this world event is going on that seems like so heavy. Again, uh, if you guys don't know, we're here in America, specifically Pennsylvania. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's something that I wanted to talk about. But at the same time, keep it in the realm of psychology. I don't want to really get into politics. And we were talking, me and Lisa were talking mm-hmm. here in America, we have a horrible habit of making everything political. That's yeah. that's not us. We this isn't a political podcast. Uh, it's you know we're we're focused on you know being psychology nerds yeah. and and talking about that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I was definitely kind of hesitant. And you know what's what's your take on on that so far? Yeah. So um, this was kind of more Dan's idea than my idea to talk about what's happening in Ukraine. Um, And he was like, yeah, I think it's like important that we talk about it. This is like a huge thing that's going on in the world. It's really 
important to just kind of acknowledge it at the minimum. And I was like, yeah, Dan, but I don't want our podcast to be political. That was my initial response. And he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Why is your first response to uh, like current events politics? And then we kind of started talking about how in America, a lot of things are, are is politicized. Yeah. Are politicized. I, I guess that's that's a good place we should we should start. And yeah, uh, our podcast is always free flowing. Yeah, um, like the our first interview that we did with uh, John. John the Gatekeeper. Shout out, John. <laughs> Appreciate you, man. Uh, a very free flowing, and I, I love that. So we'll we'll stay with that style. Mm-hmm. Why do you think? And again, I don't. I think it's just here in America, or I have a feeling it is. Everything's very political, like one side or another, and it could be any topic and. To me, I, I don't like that. I don't like that at all. I want to get away from it. Yeah. You know. Um, I actually, um, I mean, you know this. I got the definitions of like po- politicization. I can't say that word. <laughs> I've tried so many times. And also depoliticization. I hope you guys know what word I'm saying because <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce it. Better. I'm going to butcher it just as much as you. Yeah. Politicization. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Making things political. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. So basically, politicization. Go. Well, we're going to get one of these times. Um, it basically is, um, I could read you this confusing definition, but basically it's where we give like a group or party their own uh, autonomy to decide what is true about a topic or not true, whether it's based in science or not. What versus uh, depoliticization is like the reverse process, which is basically either giving the experts on the subject, kind of like the floor to be like, you guys are mm-hmm. experts, you tell us what this is, or uh, let individuals or free markets decide. So basically uh, through liber- liberal liberalization or deregulation. This is another reason why it's not a political podcast because I can't say half these words. <laughs> we can't say half these words. Yeah, that's why we're not in a politics <laughs> yeah so um basically in america and I, I feel like this is something that i've noticed i don't know if it's status quo or mm. if you have a different opinion but in america i feel like a lot of the times we just let people and like their parties or their affiliations decide what's true and what's not true when sometimes it's just like not the science that like supports it you know what i'm saying yeah and even that even like the science the quote-unquote science mm-hmm. that like supports it um you know science is great and all but it's still imperfect and there's still like studies that mm-hmm. come out and like disprove pro- previous studies mm-hmm. but then there's like a very humanistic factor there's like emotion and a lot of that isn't like logical it's it's just emotion and you know i feel like that that is something that i like want to focus on as well um, but, but yeah, you're right. So we caught ourselves kind of in this, in this bind at first, like, man, why did we like hesitate to talk about this? I think it does need attention. And, mm-hmm. you know, we, of course we have biases. Of course we have like our own views of this and we don't know exactly what's going on. We only have like a small window into like our media here and kind of how, we know, you know, from, from our limited knowledge, what is actually going on over there. But I do want to focus on like the, the human aspect of it, uh, rather than like, you know, who calls this and, you know, I don't even like really get into like why and that sort of thing. But 
more on the politics and you did a lot of research on this and more into mm-hmm. like the mindset. Why do you think, and this is like an impossible question. Why do you think people tend to gravitate towards those groups? Towards what groups? Like the political groups when it comes to any topic, like they take a topic and it's almost like to me, they have to filter it through their, all right, let me filter it through my political views first and make, let me make sure this lines up. Like, let me see if this is, if I'm right through the my politics that I'm assigned to or that I feel like I need to assign myself to. Yeah, I think that just comes down to like wanting to be a part of a group and like maybe fear of being judged on some level if you do stray for the, from the common, um, what's it called? Like from the common thinking. Mm-hmm. Like for instance, if you're like on a sporting team, you kind of want to kind of a, what's it called when you try to, be more like them yeah i was in group like it's kind of like in group thinking and if you have like an outlier they can be like either removed from the team or outcasted or shunned like it's kind of like you and nobody really wants that you kind of want to belong you want to you know become closer to that group so it, it seems like that that could be part of it i don't think that's healthy and that thinking isn't necessarily right or helpful i was actually reading about this today i didn't write it down but i should have um humans will automatically start second guessing their opinion if somebody tells them they're wrong i'm i don't have like the science behind it but i was reading about it so maybe a a portion of that is like your group is saying this is right and even if you think that like maybe that's not the case Mm -hmm. just by having a group telling you like no 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 it's like this it kind of makes you second guess your own either morals or standing on the topic or whatever you have read or science that you were referencing. Yeah, that, that makes sense to me and everything that I kind of know it. Um, it's like you, as your worldview is forming, like mm-hmm. it depends, like a lot of your like friends and family can like shape your like political view and your worldview. And if you get information that is against that worldview, you'll like, you'll push that knowledge out or you'll push that out, whether it's true or not. I I know that we were actually talking about making this its own podcast, but I think this is relevant here. It's just like the concept of cognitive dissonance Uh, where you like um, skew facts Mm. just to avoid changing your own beliefs, kind of like holding fast and like, no, I believe in like these sentiments. I don't like care about what your facts say. Let me find facts that support my thinking. Yeah, that's that's huge. And again, this will have its own um, podcast because I love this topic. Yeah, it's a really but interesting. Topic. It comes to mind whenever um, like climate change deniers. Um, there's a lot of cognitive cognitive dissonance there, just because it's like there's no way that humans can affect the climate and and like it goes against like their worldview of like no we we can't be doing this much harm and Mm -hmm. you know um they're again like if it is their political background it they'll find information that backs up their view and they'll see that as truth even if it is something fragile or even just made up frankly um when it comes to science you know what like scares me? This is completely off topic, honestly. But you know what scares me the most about science? What's that? Is like some of it is like paid for science. So like for instance, like a company will pay like a scientist or somebody to get like certain results. So they can be yeah. like, wait, look, like science backs me up. But really it's like it's, it's not a, real it's science. It's like commercial science. It's, yeah. It's yeah, like science. Like, hey, I just need something. And it, it can be like on a 
you know, very lame, like study or something, something that's funded specifically to find an answer that's like, Hey, your control group or your group that you actually tested people on was like extremely small or like from a select community of some kind. Like, yeah, it's, it's, that can be completely nonsense or just to find a result to back up a product you're selling or like you said, an idea or just like a political one. But again, like, oh man, it's, it's such a cool topic. That'll be, I know there's so much to go into and I I want to. There's like Uh, so many topics that can come off of this, like between politicization, um, like dehumanization of people. That's another one. So dissonance, so much. So let's get into like some of these topics here, dehumanization of people Mm -hmm. and then bias. I also want to get into bias and like thinking about your own bias. So here's something that before we get into like the conflict, like it will be filtered out like the way you view anything will Mm -hmm. be filtered through your own bias so something that i try to do is like okay what is my bias i'm american i was in the military like i was raised here like in in america and pennsylvania and it wasn't until later in life that i traveled and saw saw how like other people lived Mm -hmm. so that's something that i try to do to like check my bias yeah. Does that, does that make sense? Like, that's kind of important to me. Yeah, and I think for this specific uh, topic, I probably have a significantly different yes, yeah. set but, of biases or just like a different experience. But that, to me, that worldview, I, I kind of want you to talk about as much as you're comfortable yeah. with because that is really interesting to me. So um, for those of you who don't know, um, I was born in Russia and Moscow, and then my family... Uh, came to America as refugees from Russia, obviously, because that's where I was born. Um, and then we got our citizenship, so we're like fully American citizens. But I was in Russia until I was six, which is still pretty young. Um, but I do still remember a good bit of it. And I went back to study for a semester at Moscow State University. So I still have like roots there and I still have family members there. I also have um, like friends in Ukraine. I used to have family that lived in Ukraine and like surrounding areas. So there's like kind of multiple layers to my thinking on this, I guess, because I do like see the American side and I do still see like the news from Russia and like what my friends are doing in Russia and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. And it's just very interesting to kind of see those word, worlds collide. That's and to me, it's so interesting. To me, like I don't know, I, I I've, like I know you you are like hesitant to like dive into this topic, and the news is negative, and I think taking too much of that news in will will cause depression, and and it's kind of like a balance of like you want to know, or for me, it's like trying to find that balance of like, I want to know what's going on. But at the same time, like I know there's going to be like really like horrendous things that's, that's going on over there. Yeah. Um, does, that, does that make I'm, sense? You yeah. and I have talked about this cause sometimes you like, like to read about it at night and I'm like, don't talk to me about this at night. Like I don't need to know this yeah. before I go to bed. Like, and, and that makes it, and you have a good point there. Yeah. Like you, you know, that's absolutely valid and you're right. Like, you know, that's where we're at. It, it could not be helpful. Like it's not yeah. going to be helpful to us. And, you know, maybe it's better to kind of turn that news off. I've given that advice to, you know, patients <laughs> in my, I don't say political, in my <laughs> professional life, I've given that advice to turn off the news yeah. and kind of do some mindfulness and be in the moment where you're at. Um, you're right. I, I would I agree think- with that. 
something interesting that uh, happened. I guess it's interesting. It's interesting to me, I think. Um, so you were watching a video yesterday, maybe, or two days ago on, like, uh, I think it was a woman and a man conversing in Ukraine that something happened. I don't quite remember the details, but I understood everything they were saying, but to you it sounded like noise. So you're just like reading the post and that, like mm -hmm. nothing big. And I was like, Dan, you need, need to turn this off. Like I can't, I can't listen to this yeah. because like I understood what they were saying. So to me, it was like, I morally, like I can't just like physically like take it. Yeah. Emotionally, I guess is the right way. Cause I was just like, oh my gosh, like this woman's scared. Like I know what she's saying. Like this isn't. Like I feel like sad now and like angry for mm -hmm. her and you're just kind of like reading the post and it doesn't mean anything to you because you don't know what she's saying. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that, that was super, to my point, it was there's so much disinformation out there and, and like just poor translating yeah. to have like, hey, let's verify this right now. I don't want to be annoying with it. Like, cause if it was me, like, Hey, Lisa, is this right? Is this really what this says? Like, please translate this. I don't want to be that guy. But at the same time, like I, I showed her a post today and it was about road signs. They were, um, in Ukraine changing the signs, like road signs, like where to go yeah. to like a different city. And they changed it and they changed it. So when the Russians were coming and they wouldn't know exactly where to go or it would just like stall them or delay them so i showed her this and like mm -hmm. hey does this translate right and it's like yeah go f yourself is what is what yeah. it said in russian um but to that that video that i showed lisa to me it was what is what are they actually saying um and what what does it mean like to me that's important i'm, I'm naturally kind of a curious person i want to know if like no like she's just mad at him for buying eggs like i i have no idea yeah but you're right to her it's like that's that's very stressful it could be like way like v it could be very emotional to not just like obviously the lady in the video but to lisa as well uh that's i don't know it's to me it's i think it's like i think it's like um and we just brought this up it might be like a level of dehumanization like to me Russian is associated with my family, mm -hmm. like with like close ties with my friends, yeah. you know? So like hearing that on even Ukrainian, it is a different language, but like hearing those similar like, um, like, like words and things mm -hmm. like that, cause they're not the same language. Um, mm -hmm. just hearing that language and that kind of like Slavic tone in general brings me kind of like a, Oh my mom, my dad, yeah. my grandma, like it's really it's personal emotional people. connection so, like, to you, for hear, you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So hearing like, a woman who like mm -hmm. honestly could have probably been me like i don't know like if i didn't move to the united states i could yeah. be part of this conflict who knows like it was very like it really brought it to me because i was like oh my god like this is kind of personal yeah. but to you it was kind of like oh, she could be speaking gibberish i don't know what she's yeah. saying like lisa tell me what she's There's, saying that's so true and something that i want to understand that i don't understand does that make sense? It's something yeah. that I want to dive in deeper to myself. And it doesn't necessarily have to be on this podcast and I figure it out today. And something I, I really want people to kind of understand about war, you know, yes, this is going on for some people. It's very far away and it won't affect their life. Mm -hmm. I know we have listeners from all over. Yeah. I don't know if any of them are in the area. If you are, please be safe. Yeah. Um, but one thing I, I want to understand is like, these are these are people and my experience with the military i know that a lot of who are involved 
are completely innocent have they just want to live their lives and they happen to be in the way one and two they're kids being told what to do 18 19 years old who are scared um who want to call their mom and they're they're people they're not like bloodthirsty animals and i kind of want to use this as a transition to get into dehumanization as far as like how you know we can do this everyone is kind of capable of doing these things to make someone over on that line from a different country by the way that's just made up (laughs) like (laughs) someone who's on that other fake imaginary line is is not worthy of of living um, but they're a human. So uh, yeah. that's kind of my rough transition for you for dehumanization. What do you got? Yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> it was rough. I'm sorry. Um, honestly, I, this might be a little bit of a spoiler alert. Um, I don't think we have a button for this, but I'm going to reference a Black Mirror episode. It's the oh, yeah. Men Against Fire. So if you haven't watched that yet, spoiler alert, like right now. So go ahead and pause it. Okay, I'm assuming you paused or skipped it or whatever. So basically, in this episode, it was like infantrymen or like people were serving in the military. And And if you're not familiar with Black Mirror, it's it's kind of a futuristic fictional um, series on Netflix. Um, Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and it's it's, most of their episodes are things that like you could kind of see happening or like Mm kind of down the line, like it feels like it could be a reality in some of them actually are a reality in some places yeah fun fact um so this specific episode was just about people in the military and it was like humans against roaches that's what they called them they're like these mutant beings and they like went out and killed them because they were portrayed as these like enemies whatever and um the soldiers i'm not sure if they got like an implant or Mm -hmm. if they're wearing a mask or something but there's something that was making humans that were living outside of like their area look like mutants. So they completely dehumanized who they are killing. And like the main guy ends up, anyways, I'm not going to spoil the rest of it, but basically they de- dehumanized humans. So that way it would be easier to train these soldiers to kill them. Mm-hmm. And that way they don't have to hold the guilt and like the morality i guess yeah no i I think you explained that like really well and and my view like i thought this episode like hit hard like it was it was really deep um especially there's like a a ptsd um kind of uh very like component there and i know we talked about this on on different podcasts and i could talk about that for a million podcasts um but anyway so the idea was that through through training and I kind of want to use brainwashing. I think they like had a literal implant. Yeah, in, that in the episode, the it was an implant them. that yeah. changed the way they saw them, and they were an infant's infestation. They were rats. They were carrying diseases, and yep. they were taking a land. So they had to go in and clean them out and literally shoot them and kill them. Yeah. Um, but this person, his implant wasn't working properly. Yeah, and then he's like, I don't. Like, there's just people here. Like, they're scared. And, you know, he's like, I'm not going to kill him. And then it turns out, like, yeah, that's that's the roaches. And, you know, he was, I think, kicked. Oh, I might have spoiler alert. But I think he was kicked out of the military. 
but that really i don't think he was i think he was reprogrammed oh, i think they like yeah, tortured they re- him for a little bit let him like live yeah, with the fact like that he that. killed people yeah. and then they were like okay you can either keep your memories of murdering all these people or we'll brainwash you again and i think he chose brainwashing oh the reset I think that's or something how it yeah ended the episode is deep uh, i that's recommend really good it episode. yeah oh 10 um, out of 10 watch it but where we're we going with that, Lisa? How do we how do we connect that with uh, the the conflict that's going oh, on? Oh well, um, what I was kind of kind of connected to is sometimes like being far away from the conflict. It's easy to just say kind of like, oh, those Russians, oh, those Ukrainians, mm-hmm. oh, they're like over there. Like yeah. it's not like me. You know, it's like yeah. very hard to empathize and kind of recognize that those people are just like you or me or yeah. Dan or anyone really. Um, so it's just like really easy when you're far away from the conflict to kind of do that switch. Yeah. Maybe not like to roaches. That's a little is that a coping mechanism? Like, it could be. I mean, yeah. it's easier to think of people as a whole group, kind of like eh, whatever, than have to worry yeah. about it because it is stressful. It is because if you think about it, like these are just people doing it to people. Yeah. Like there's no when we <laughs> got here, but through like evolution and you know. Uh, just like when we got quote unquote got here to earth, there weren't like mm-hmm. divides. There wasn't like countries set up. We just made those up. <laughs> so there's not like, yes, there's people from Ukraine and people from Russia, but there aren't mm-hmm. like a different alien and like alien species coming to murder us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know how I feel about like the whole thing of like countries and property it's just all like things like humans were like yep this is what we need and i I want to do so many more episodes specifically on like i can there's a couple books like uh specifically on like land ownership Mm -hmm. um and like how we view other people from other countries i love talking about that um excuse me but uh for dehumanization any other points that we can kind of excuse me that we can explore or anything else like that I don't really think there's much more I wanted to say about that. Um, I think the biggest thing that I wanted to point out is like these people are just regular people mm-hmm. and each one of them is like an individual. Like I think we were on Reddit or something and there was just this woman filming literally in her backyard how there's a Russian uh, plane. I don't know what they're called, but like a fancy Was it the plane, plane that was shot down? I don't know if it was the plane that was shot down, but it was like a random Russian like war plane flying over her backyard and she's like, yesterday i was fine now i'm watching like this whole war literally uh, happen above my head like yeah. it's things that could happen here i mean i doubt that it would but like it's a very real reality that i think we should sometimes consider when we're judging other people's realities yeah that's a good point and and maybe just kind of check ourselves like check how we're viewing the conflict and um put aside for for a couple minutes yes there are some horrible things and horrible decisions that people did but for a second put aside that and i know one video i saw of like a a a russian soldier who was i think captured and he was surrounded by ukrainians Mm -hmm. and he was crying and you know that just to me was just like a reminder yeah these are for some of them, just kids that they were told or frankly lied to about what they were doing in the Ukraine. Some were uh, lied to, told that they're defending from an attack or something. Um, but just to kind of check that and remember that, that these are just people and most a lot of them are kids, <laughs> which is yeah. terrifying. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's mainly what I wanted to say okay. is just 
um don't forget that they're just as human as we are yeah even if you like don't like the russians or the ukrainians or whoever you don't like whatever your view is yeah whatever your like political or otherwise view is just like keep in mind that these are just people that happen to be born in a different place than you that's really like the main difference yeah with with that being said and with you like kind of having like i want to say contact but for like uh yeah maybe call like contact from russia how would you say like that has shaped your view of it or is it something that like you and your family really don't talk about like um, is it like a taboo topic or is it i don't know it's not like taboo, but it's definitely not like I don't like go see my family and say, like, okay, well, what do you guys think? You know, it's right. not like the top conversation. I think mainly because we don't really like talking about mm-hmm. war and, you sure. know, like sorrow and like destruction. Yeah. Um, and my grandma has been through mm-hmm. her own fair share of conflicts. Uh, she used to live in Georgia, the country. Um, Suhubi, which is actually not technically Georgia, um, but for since American listeners are mostly listening to it, uh, Georgia, and so we don't really like to talk about a yeah. lot of those because it's triggering. I imagine Absolutely. for her as well. Yeah. Um, if some of you probably don't know the conflicts, uh, Georgia has been having an internal conflict because it's technically two different countries, but. It's just a whole ordeal. Definitely read the history. There's just so much to read about it. But basically, like, she gets triggered as well from kind of those conflicts. And I don't think she wants to surround herself with that kind of negativity. So I don't really bring it up with her. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't really bring it up with me. Yeah. Uh, And I would say that's, like, that's okay. Like, there's, when I go back to working with veterans with with PTSD, there's, there's, like, a balance there. Some, like are like that hey let's just talk about the weather like yeah my cat you know what i mean or my therapy dog you're absolutely right i, I don't think anyone's under obligation to dive into what's going on you know what i mean yeah especially if it's really going to affect or trigger their mental health like your your grandmother for example or veterans who are triggered i know there's veterans out there yeah. who cannot hear or see what's going on in the news right now like and and the the bad thing is it's it's everywhere so i know for a fact there's some of maybe like my friends or people i've worked with in in the past who cannot turn on the tv right now or like social media because it's everywhere it is everywhere and and that's okay like because i know if they did they they, it would you know be detrimental to their mental health and yeah they they honestly wouldn't be able to function yeah i mean i know my grandma keeps up with it because she has a lot of friends in ukraine right now um so i know a lot of them are writing her and i know that she does her own research because this is like impacting her more or less directly because it's impacting her like very close friends some of our close family friends are in ukraine Mm -hmm. things like that um but we don't really like sit there and debate about what's going on it's just kind of like well, Prussia moved their troops in. Let's see what happens, I guess. Yeah. We talked about this a little bit as like, what what would we do if, yeah. if we were there? In in the sense of like bystanders, we just happen to live in, in, in Kiev or something like that. Mm-hmm. I think one, it's impossible to really know, like unless you're put in that situation. It's so easy to sit here in America and be like, oh, I do this or whatever. 
yeah. uh, uh, to me, it's almost like disrespectful mm-hmm. to to speculate. But I, that being said, uh, to be honest, I have I have no idea. You know, like everyone wants to bark. I know some people want to be like a Rambo. Like, yeah, I would I would fight. I'd get a gun. I know I know people like that. Yeah, but when push comes to shove, like yeah. you don't know what your fight or flight response is gonna do. Like you don't. Yeah, exactly. And then there's some people like, hey, like, it, would that be? I have I have a family. I have kids. I need to like yeah. worry about. I I want to be here for them. Okay. And yeah, there's and I know there's a lot of people who who fled for that reason, and that's yeah just as I valid. Think, I I think for the reasons of the people who stayed. Yeah, I I think like ideally, I would. I don't like I don't know that's such a tough like question because right now I'm relatively young healthy and I don't have children mm-hmm. I would hope that I would somehow help the war effort you yeah. know in some kind of capacity I don't know what that might be yeah um but then I would also have to decide morally where I stand on the issue am I a Ukrainian citizen that believes like Ukraine should be free and be able to make like her own decision as Ukraine Anyways, their own decisions. Yeah. Um, or am I on the side of Russia that believes that Ukraine has kind of always been a part of Russia and is rich with its history? You know, so like yeah. not only do I have to decide where do I stand, but then I have to decide am I willing to put my life down on this? Yeah. And that's the decision people have had to make the last couple of days, which blows my mind um, for me. I think about like the human, like I always go to like the humans yeah, and try to think like, how, how can I, how could I help them? Like, I, I wouldn't want to like, that's, that's where my mind goes. Like I would probably want to stay, but I, I don't know to what capacity I would want to stay and like try to try to help whether it was like, I don't know, first aid or, or something. I ha- I have no idea. Yeah. Um, but I would to me that's that's where my mind goes yeah i think first aid would be kind of a yeah but then you'd have to be skilled in doing it you can't just like okay here we go i'm gonna deliver first aid never done it before you know you have to put on a tourniquet (laughs) yeah but like not every situation requires a tourniquet (laughs) do you know how to like create a splint you know and things like that like stop bleeding chest wound i got it yeah like there's so much that kind of goes into it um yeah but yeah no you're right like you don't really know what you're going to do unless you're on the floor, like yeah, in that moment. Actually there. And I feel like it depends on what stage in your life you're in. Like if I had a child or two children, yeah. heck no, I'm not fighting. I'm taking my children. I'm getting out. Making sure they're, yeah, they're safe. They're yeah. going to be my number one priority, which is, I think, weird to think about because there's like that psychological test where it's like you have one person on the track and if you switch the track then like five other people, yeah. I think it's like one of those scenarios a little bit. When you're tra- like, either it's yeah. my children or I like stay and try to help them. But masses. think about that. Think about instead of the the, the trolley switch. Yeah. It, it's you. It's like you make the the train go to another track and it could kill other people, or yeah. you switch it and your kids could live, but but you could die potentially. Yes. And people, like I said, um, over there are weighing that. Like, do we try to leave? Or do we try to stay? Yeah. And if you leave, it doesn't promise that you're going to no. be okay either. Yeah. There's a whole different like aspect There's so many of questions. Well. I can't imagine trying to make that decision. Honestly, if 
if I was pulling, the, I think it's easier to pull the trolley when you're the only life at stake. Yeah. Like if you're like, it's like me or this amount of people, I feel like human nature tends to say, you know what, it's me. You know? You think? I, I don't know. I feel like I think on a moral compass. I'm not saying like yeah. physically if you're able or not able to do that physically. I think like mentally you want to make that kind of sacrifice. Yeah. I think that's kind of like, maybe it's an American thing actually because I feel like a lot of heroes like in American cinema is portrayed as this kind of like. Self, uh, selfless. Yeah. yeah. yeah like I, I would sacrifice myself for this cause. Yeah. So yeah. maybe that's like an American way of viewing that situation. But I feel like from what I've seen and maybe with the way I interpret the world, like that's that would be what I'd want to do is like be able to, you yeah. know. Yeah, but I don't know. Like I don't to, know. to die for for a cause, which like it's so deep, like and almost like there's a religious aspect of it, too. It's like, yeah, you know, we're all going to die one day. Yeah. Uh, how, you know, is, are some people going to try to, you know, fight and possibly die for a cause, whatever that is. Yeah. Um, here's my like counter to that though. Yeah. If you don't fight for the cause. Right. Or whatever. And you like leave, but like some of your friends or family stay and fight and Mm -hmm. they don't make it. Like then you now that's survivor's guilt. That's yeah. that's and we can do an episode on survivor's guilt. There's so many avenues here. There's like there's yeah, yeah there's a lot. So survivor's guilt real quickly. Um and I talk about this with with PTSD. Say if you're with a unit mm-hmm. um or or a family or, or a group of some kind. Yeah. And an accident happens or you're in war mm-hmm. and someone or some people that you're close with have passed away and died. And, and you've lived a lot of people think great you you have a chance to go on you've lived but people have survivor's guilt and they ask questions like why was it them who who died and it wasn't me mm-hmm. like they want to be with them and there's a deep guilt that a lot of people have of surviving whether it was their fault or not because with these situations there's a huge lack of control with with accidents with war it's chaos, absolute chaos. I know with like accidents and like train accidents, um, people will, will experience survivor's guilt thinking mm-hmm. like, I don't know why they passed away, but I'm alive. Like the, what is the reason behind that? Yeah. And the reason is, well, you just were sitting in the right seat when the accident happened and people struggle with that. Um, there's a couple you know, cases that I don't want to say cases. It sounds so clinical. De- de- yeah. Clinical that I've worked on is like, Oh, I was in a different Humvee. I was in a different, I was right behind them and the yeah. crew in front of me, everyone lost their lives. And I just happened to be in the back. Like, yeah. was there a greater reason behind that or some force? And the answer is no, it was, it could have been random. And that, you're absolutely right like some people might uh yeah there's so much that goes in the decisions right now yeah i mean i i I get i'm getting like sweaty just just i know and i just like i don't like i kind of don't like speculating yeah and i know that if i was in that situation like in real life like actually going through it right now 
I, I might not even make a decision. I might just be kind of like frozen. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. I don't. Do I stay? Do I go? Yeah. What's going on? Are they going to come? Are they not going to come invade? Because um, one of my grandmother's friends lived like ten kilometers from where Russia lined up their troops. Oh, really? Uh, it's like about in five the Ukraine miles. or on... in the Ukraine. Okay. And she was like, "Yeah, whatever. They're just kind of like standing there. We'll see what happens." Like, didn't leave. Just kind of hung out, see what happened. Yeah. And I'm not really honestly sure. I probably should check in to see what happened yeah. to them, but like that's an interesting aspect too some people might be like really light like amazes yeah. me of people who are like really light and like you know it's whatever happens you know yeah and there, think- i've seen like those videos i've seen people like making jokes and like just going about their day like eh, just another you know, just another weekend yeah i mean that could be another coping mechanism too <laughs> i think that also might have to do with like the relations between russia and ukraine mm-hmm um, and I think we should kind of get into that because I know we've been talking okay. about a lot. I, we have had a lot of good conversation, but I think it's important to kind of get through the history of between yeah, Russia sure. and Ukraine and kind of maybe explain the situation to people who might not be following it otherwise. Okay. Maybe not as involved. Yeah. And, and some people might have no idea what's going on and that's okay yeah. too. Um, so honestly, I haven't really been keeping up with what exactly has been happening in the past, I don't know, week now or whenever this really got hot and heavy. That's going to be a Dan kind of response because I think you've been keeping up with it a yeah. little bit more than I have. Okay. But I do know a little bit more about the history of Russia and Ukraine and just um, kind of like that region as a whole. Okay. So something that's, I think, really important to know is Ukraine has been kind of like fighting to be its own country for just like thousands of years that's a lie it's it's not has been that long but at least like a thousand years generations honestly. yeah it's definitely generations so ukraine has kind of like a interesting past but it does have roots the similar roots with russia so basically back in like the ninth century um the roots for like slavic people more or less like Rus uh were founded in kiev and apparently putin actually agreed to this and there was a little battle between like no it wasn't really there and i guess he said it was which is one of their reasons why they think Explain, you said putin said kiev was the kind of like the fi- founding the f- place for Rus for the tribes that kind of okay. ended up being the slavic people okay so basically russia thinks that they have a claim to that land because they don't see ukraine as a different country or a different state they see it just as a part of russia and i just want to clarify here really huge asterisks this does not mean that the people that live in russia think this Mm. this is just like putin and leadership ideology from what i read okay i just i think that's really important to note here um so basically they're kind of like seeing ukraine as an extension of themselves so they don't i don't think they actually see this as like i'm raging war against another country i think they see this as this is kind of like our country to begin with i just get it back but ukraine has actually been um what is it called when the territory was taken over maybe is the right way to say occupied not really occupied um so it was kind of like a part of like this Poland slash Lithuania 
country for 400 years. Okay. Like, like almost annexed. Like, Is that what you're looking for? Maybe. Okay. Maybe. But basically, um, they got a lot of roots and information from Poland and Lithuania. They're part of their rule for like 400 years. So they, you know, got a little bit of that westernized culture and things like that. So that's kind of separated them from how like Russia okay. runs things because they're a little bit more Slavic and more a little bit on the traditional side. They're heavily influenced by imperialism where Ukraine was not. Okay. So there's like some differences between Ukraine and Russia as far as like culture. Yeah, I was going to say it sounds like a lot of roots. cultural differences. Yeah. 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 Because at the time that they're under uh, Poland slash Lithuania, I think Russia was still being either starting their imperial dynasty or is like right at the butt end of their Mongolian influence because mm-hmm. Mongolia yeah. had a whole thing with russia too <laughs> they had a thing they had a thing <laughs> not a very good one for, for russia bit. but they yeah, had a thing they, they hung out they dated cash you know nothing <laughs> i don't serious. think i think they were kind of serious <laughs> yeah genghis khan fellow yeah it's nothing serious Just came <laughs> hung out a little bit took money yeah so, this is the whole thing you know thing. so <laughs> I think it's just like really important to keep that in mind. So then eventually Ukraine kind of pushed away from Poland, um, Poland, Sasha, Lithuania. I think, were they like one country at, at one point? I'm not really sure. Maybe that territory was like, I, I don't really know the history of Poland, Lithuania, Pretty, um, just to be honest. Um, hungry? Hungry maybe? I don't, I don't think so. No. Anyways, that's not really important. We're talking about Ukraine here. So basically, Ukraine has just kind of been trying to get its independence, and it's constantly been pushed either to Russia or, like, the Poland-Lithuania side and kind of mm-hmm. has been this, like, in-the-middle country, uh, more or less. And then during the end of the imperialism, oh, I just tapped my mic. Sorry about that. Um, at the end of the imperialism, I think they are part of Russia's imperial history for, like, 120 years. Mm-hmm. And then uh, they threw Russia got rid of the imperialism with their revolution. And then Ukraine got to be independent for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Not too long, a little bit. And then with the rise of uh, the Soviet Union, they became part of the Soviet Union. I don't think they particularly wanted to be um, asterisks. I'm not 100% sure on that, but they were. But I do remember it was 91, right, after the fall. That's when they became actual Ukraine. That's when, okay. Yeah, so they weren't actually Ukraine until I think the fall of the Soviet yeah. Union with the signing of, I forgot what the treaty was oh, called. Shit. I, I don't know. Wish but there was like a treaty yeah. that was like, you know what, yes. And this actually, is your Putin land. signed it and he agreed Ukraine is going to be its own independent country. And I know Putin agreed to that at the time because he was involved even back in like 91. Yeah. Uh, please, if any of this is wrong, yeah, we'd please love call to hear. Us out, yeah, honestly. we'd love to. We are not afraid to be called out. Call us out. Yeah, don't don't be afraid to call us out. Um, just because I was born in Russia does not mean that I'm all of a sudden a Russian historian. <laughs> First of all, and second of all, Ukraine's history is a little bit different from Russian. And as you can imagine, what I learned about Ukraine's history is a little bit different. Could be um, skewed. Yeah, because I learned a lot of it in Russia, um, which could tell you certain things that might be wrong um so feel free to call me out feel free if you learn something different tell me about it i'd love to hear it um this is just kind of my understanding of the situation so basically um on the ukraine side now that they've been more or less independent for 30 years about 30 years i think they're coming up on 31 now i mean 
knock on wood 31 years um mm, too soon too soon yeah <laughs> i mean i yeah anyways um they have kind of created a more democratic um society i mean russia's technically democratic because they do vote for their own president mm-hmm. technically um but Ukraine does have like their own different political parties right. and things like that. So they have a uh, competing de- democratic parties and voting and stuff like that. They also have religious differences. They don't really then follow. Russia, you mean? Yeah, then okay. Russia. Because I think they actually have their own Orthodox Church now, like the Ukrainian Orthodox Church. Mm-hmm. I think it was established in 2019 <laughs> um, versus Russia, which follows the Russian Orthodox Church. They also have differences in um, their identity. Like I said, Ukrainians mm-hmm. don't really, generally don't really identify with the Imperial Russia versus Russians generally do. And let me see. They also have a polarizing impact on the war. So for instance, like Ukrainians had like an 80% approval rate of Russians back before the Crimea crisis. Really? Yeah. So Russians approved of Ukrainian independence even before the uh, they annexed uh, the Crimea? No, no, no. So like uh, Ukrainians' opinion on Russia? Was positive. Yeah, 80% were oh, positive. Okay. And after Crimea, I think it dropped down to like 40%. Oh, yeah, now, nah, yeah. And I don't know what it is now, but I can't imagine it's good. Probably not great. Yeah, so like there's like <laughs> really clear differences between okay. i'm um, surprised it was that high before well i'm not really because like a lot of russians have like family in ukraine okay. they come and visit like yeah. they have ho- houses there and you yeah. saw that firsthand right yeah i mean like my family my uh, great-grandmother lived in ukraine okay. she lived in Chitomir, which is like two hours from kiev okay and like we used to go to kiev and like hang out like it was yeah it's like not weird yeah. for russians to go to ukraine it's yeah. like and, vi- and vice versa, though. Not weird for Ukrainians to, like... I mean, I think so, to be honest. I okay. was pretty young. I haven't really seen a lot of Ukrainian tourists in Russia. Okay. But I imagine so. I don't okay. see why not. It wasn't like a... Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. But I know, like, personally, that we would go to Ukraine at least, like, pretty often. I want to say at least, like, once a year, but I'm not 100% sure on that. Okay. And even after we moved to the United States, we still visited the Ukraine and, of course, Russia. How do you think... So, one thing, I don't know if we touch on this, the yeah. protesters. I know this episode yes. is going a little bit longer. Let's talk about that. I want your perspective on the protesters in Russia who are, from my understanding, risking a lot yeah. to protest this war. Talk about that and what that means. Yeah, um, so I think, so I even have like some friends that like post on social media, which is why I feel comfortable sharing this because I know they're posting on social media that are like saying, hey, come to this place at this time. Like it's going to be a protest. Like this is just not okay. Like Mm -hmm. we are not supporting the war. Like there's a lot of people in Russia that are really angry at their government right now for even doing this. And um, like you said, a lot of them are coming out to protest you can go online and see videos of it it's like thousands mm-hmm. of people marching through moscow and stuff and marching yeah. through like big cities and in, in russia right now um but i don't think what like we as americans 
don't notice sometimes, I think, is like the amount of risk that they take to actually Talk go about that. protest. What are they risking to go out there and protest and speak up against the Russian government? Like going to jail, but like really going to jail? Because I feel like in America, sometimes we think like, oh, protest, we'll go to jail, slap on the wrist, maybe a night in the slammer, you know? Like, I don't think we like realize how serious like it can be. Like, this is like really going to long jail term like, are you talking like long-term prison sentences god i imagine so really yeah, yeah. like they don't play so just to go out and and voice and show the world like hey this isn't us yeah uh again talk about like bravery you know talk about like it's not just <laughs> you know like posting on facebook here like hey this is i agree with this i don't like this you know this is a bigger deal than that this is risking hey you might not see your friends or family if you're good if you're scooped up by the uh russian police to me that that's a big deal to me that's also really important as an outsider perspective see like hey this isn't all of russia unified to go to war against another country. And I I think that's also important too. When a country declares war on another country, it's not all of the people combined. Like, yeah, we, you know, F this country for no reason. (laughs) It's a, it's a government decision that is sometimes, and probably most times the minority. Yeah. Sorry. I'm trying to find, um, the time frame that these people are getting sentenced for. Oh, okay. Yeah, we might have to end on that. We might have to end on the time frame of what these people are getting sentenced for and what they're risking to voice up to. um, That's incredible. I can tell you that more than a thousand people were arrested across the country in the course of one day. But we just don't know what they're what they're facing yet. No, not yet. Okay. It looks like about two years in jail from this article. Potentially. Potentially. Okay, so that's allegedly two years. Allegedly, but it might be taken out of context. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, But so, again, from my perspective, that is incredibly important, Um, you know, how how this isn't like all of the people combined. I think a lot of us have this for me also kind of being a history nerd, mm-hmm. like have this view of like how world war two with a lot of nationalism um, caused this like huge identity. Like we identify with this country. We are this country. There's yeah. no difference between like I'm an American soldier fighting for America and freedom. And I'm a Russian fighting for, for this. And this is who I am that's i think that's drastically changed i mean what what do you think i mean you kind of grew up with that history and i I feel like you have a a good understanding of that identity has the identity of of like war and who we are and who we fight for has that changed drastically or is it just more advertised now that war is is horrendous and it's not like yeah old war (laughs) propaganda videos i don't actually know To be honest, I think because I know that Russia censors some of their information. Mm -hmm. um, So I actually don't know what like they're telling like their people. Yeah. But but clearly it's they they can't censor from from everything they know. Pretty really trying to get this like number. Don't don't sweat it. Don't worry about it. I'm like so curious now. I know that like it's this one says a thousand seven hundred people have been arrested. Okay. Um. 
It's all good. Do you have any other like final comments or any other, like any last thoughts on this? Um, I think like at the end of the day, it's just like, I feel like it's a shame and it's really like depressing and demoralizing Mm -hmm. the concept that political leaders can cause so much bloodshed and so much destruction and so much hate, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially when, like, some of the people that live there don't even want it. Right. Don't care. Yeah. Not on, Yeah. Don't care. Don't want it. Don't want any part of it. Think it's morally wrong. Yeah. Um, but they, they don't have a choice and they just get sucked up into it. Yeah. Which I think is also just fantastical, not in a positive light, in a, yeah. like, a negative connotation of that word. I think it's completely outrageous that... We as people who clearly outnumber our leadership cannot say, no, we don't want this war. We're not going. Yeah. It's, I hope it changes. Yeah. I'm trying to yeah. stay hopeful, try to stay positive. And I will, I will end on that note. Do you have any other uh, thoughts on that? No, I think it's just really important to like understand that this whole entire conflict comes down to people real people that live real lives and have real emotions and real feelings and that we when we were watching these videos and reading about this it's not just like oh like a thousand people are arrested that's not just like a thousand people that are arrested that's like a thousand moms dads sons daughters aunts uncles whatever Mm -hmm. like it's real people whose lives are going to change forever and not technically or not 100% 100% in a positive light. Yeah. Try to picture a, one of your family members. Try to make it personal. Don't like the like numbers to me can sometimes be like on like not human. Like the mm-hmm. numbers one are astounding. Um, but just think of like if this was like you or your family member, you had to make this decision. Make it personal on on both sides. Yeah. Don't no, definitely. don't don't pick a side. Like just try to think of like the the people aspect of this and yeah sure you could maybe criticize me for being like hippy dippy and we can get in like again mm-hmm. i don't want to really get into the politics of it and of course yeah. there's just the horrible decisions out there and but at the end of the day it's it's about the people yeah and if we did get any of the facts wrong or i mean if you just have a opinion about who should or should not be a part of this war i don't think you should I don't think I want to open up the floor for like political discussion about this, but if you have like facts and figures that we got wrong or you want to share, we'd love uh, yeah, to see we, it. Yeah. I'd say we'd love to hear from you. Um, yeah. On that note, uh, please reach out to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, more importantly, stay safe. Yes, definitely stay safe. And if you have family members or, you know, anybody that's directly impacted by this, I hope they stay safe as well and that everything works out for the best. I hope. Lisa, for our active listeners who want to get more involved, maybe ask us some questions or have uh, comments or concerns, how could they uh, reach out to us? Oh, Daniel, I'm so glad you asked that question. Well, it's rather simple. Check us out at facebook.com, Psyche Experience, obviously. Send us an email directly, psycheexperiencepodcast at gmail.com, or check us out on the Instagrams or Twitters. Yeah. Thank check you. Check us out. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Lisa. Oh, thank you, Dan. You've been wonderful. (laughs) This has been 
the psyche experience. Dun, dun, dun.